0: Shalom! Welcome to another episode of Inspiration from Zion. I'm Jonathan Feldstein, and I have the privilege of being your host, coming to you from the Judean Mountains here in Israel. I like to refer to it as the original Bible Belt. Inspiration from Zion is a program of the Genesis one Foundation, whose mission is to build bridges between Jews and Christians, and Christians with Israel in ways that are new, unique, and meaningful. I pray that you will find this, all of those. Through this program, we're excited to connect you to people and stories in and relating to Israel to give you a window to look through, experiencing aspects of life here that you might not otherwise know about. We want this to be interactive, so please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion@gmail.com gmail.com and send along any questions and any comments about any topic any time. Or you can reach us at Genesis123.co or follow and like Inspiration from Zion on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Stay tuned until the end, where we're also going to share an exciting opportunity and please feel free to share this with others who will also find it of interest. Well, actually, I think there are going to be many more people who find this program of interest, and I hope it will be shared. Our, our, our guest and, and the, a friend with whom I'm having a real important conversation uh, with you today is Dr. David Nearing. Dr. Nearing is a licensed clinical psychologist and executive director of, the, of Bethesda Christian Counseling in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Bethesda is a Christian mental health service agency serving locations in Iowa, Minnesota, and South Dakota since 1975. Dr. Nearing holds a master's degree in both theology and psychology and a doctorate in clinical psychology from the Fuller Seminary Graduate School of Psychology. Dr. Nearing did his residency at Wright-Patterson Medical Center and then served as a military psychologist in in the United States Air Force. He has practiced clinical psychology for 35 years and has taught undergraduate and graduate psychology at a variety of post-secondary schools and has served in a variety of institutional settings. He has been providing leadership and training at Bethesda for the past eight years. Dr. Nearing also has been involved in Jewish-Christian relations in Siouxland for the last 10 years, having served in leadership positions with the Interfaith Fellowship for for Israel, excuse me, in in Sioux Falls, an organization that has brought together Israeli speakers to Christian churches and events, celebrated biblical festivals, promoted Israel, engaged in honest, heartfelt dialogue, and engaged in addressing anti-Semitism and anti-Christianism where those touch the greater Siouxland area. Dr. Nearing has two children who have been active in pro-Israel organizations, including one son was a regional director for the Christians United for Israel on campus. Dr. Nearing and his family support Israel where they can and pray constantly for the people of Israel, as his family has now done for five consecutive generations. Well, I read that. Normally I don't get in as, as deep, but I think it's a important, um, an important foundation for this conversation. And I want to say share now why we're having the conversation before we actually begin. I don't remember frankly how we connected social media. Uh, I remember that somewhere along the line uh, uh, Dr. Neering came on board to one of the inspiration from Zion webinars when we began that early on and I actually I appreciated the criticism that he gave me about the the marketing of one, one of the webinars, which is fair and it was no fluff and he was on and he was on target and it, it I always like that. I like constructive criticism. And I appreciated that, so I knew I was speaking with someone who, as we say in Yiddish, is taqlis, is substantial. He's not going to hide. He's not going to hide things. Uh, back in November, I had to look back at our uh, at our text messages. Back in November, I had shared a video of something that was going on here. Now, at that, that point, two months, almost two months into the war, and he wrote to me. I have to read it. He wrote back completely unsolicited. If you need someone to just listen for a little, feel free to contact me and then told me which email to use. That was also not fluff. That was serious. And it took a that was the end of November. I think it took us a couple of weeks to schedule. And we got into an incredibly important and cathartic conversation specifically, but not exclusively about my lack of sleeping at the time. Uh, It was very important it was therapeutic for me and I, and from then i knew intuitively this is an important conversation not just for me to have and share and to even be kind of a uh, um the 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 test right we're going to have a conversation about about my experiences our experience as a nation through me but also for all israelis i regret that it's not in hebrew so more israelis will will, will be able to benefit from that but I, but it's also important because we have Christian friends all over the world, all over the world who are praying, who are suffering, who don't know what to do, and who also are losing sleep and, and, and there's a lot of anguish. So this is an important conversation, and I'm super excited and I'm super grateful. Uh, I'm gonna we're, we're gonna dispense with titles and now just have a conversation among friends that, that uh, today I get to have a conversation for you all to hear with David Neering. David, welcome to Inspiration from Zion. Thank you so much,
1: Jonathan, uh, for being willing to have a conversation with me. I appreciate that. You know, we're 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 talking as two friends. We're not talking so much professional to non professional. It's it's two people who share an important interest. Um, you know, I was thinking about um you know I, I'm not coming at this conversation as a you know, as, as somebody who's trying to sell a service or a book or anything like that. Um, I'm not from Israel. I'm not Jewish. I'm not Israeli. I'm not even from the Middle East. You know, culturally speaking, I'm an upper Midwestern, you know, United States kind of guy, uh, though I've lived a lot of different places in the United States, so I know the, our, my country well. So I'm not coming in as that kind of a, you know, the kind of a specialist. I'm not coming in as a specialist in sleep or specialist in trauma. But I've been trained a lot in trauma. Actually, Dr. David Foy was one of the early researchers on PTSD way back in the day, and he was one of my professors. Um, you know, there's, I, we've done trauma informed stuff, do sleep, because that's, that's part of what you do when you're doing a, a, a mental health practice in therapy, clinical psychology is you deal with all, all these things and you deal with ugly things. And I've listened to a lot of ugly things over the years. And so, You know, there's some ugly things that's happening, and we're going to talk about this issue, this point, a little later on in our conversation, but I want to highlight the last thing that Jonathan said about my background, you know, particularly if you are a young Jewish Israeli, I want you to think about the fact that a hundred years ago, my great-grandfather, Seymour Cutler, in a small Town in northern Wisconsin. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the the television show The Waltons, and they yeah. have this, they have this, uh, they have this uh, sawmill out back. Yeah, that was my great granddad. Wow. Okay, and, and and so for for a hundred years ago, there was a man in the middle of the night studying, praying for Jews in Israel, praying for you, and it's been my you know, I was surprised, but it's my strong impression that a lot of Jewish people don't know that this was a thing. Nope. Um, yeah, it it was a big thing, okay? So, there's been five consecutive generations, and possibly before that, okay? So, God has had y'all on his mind for a long time in ways that you have no idea. So, you want to think about that when we talk about these hard issues, that there is this Here's, like I like to say now and again, there's an awful lot ha- going on behind the curtain. Yeah, and I always remember that. So, so you and and I, John, we were talking about your struggles, and and um, so just kind of frame for me, you know, I, again in our conversation, in you know, how you and I got to ta- talking about your struggles.
0: Yeah, it was really, it was really, but I, I don't even remember what it was that I sent you. But you immediately and graciously responded. Let me know if you want to talk, and I and that was a, I it was I knew it was necessary, and I and I thank you and I thank God for that opportunity. It was important, and what I realize now, just as we're speaking, uh, we're we're it's the middle of February. We this past week we um, celebrated. I think is the fair word, the 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 um, completion of my son's are in service in Gaza with his with his entire unit and the Genesis 123 Foundation I should mention through the donations that we received bought some very special gifts for uh for the the unit uh, 85 paratroopers led by a Lebanese Christian Israeli which is incredible that's a different story and when you and I spoke that was a week before my son even went into Gaza and we were speaking about how the trauma of this war was affecting me. And I shared with you just before we started recording this that I can now do my upcoming book launch and media tour throughout America beginning next week because my son's no longer in Gaza and I don't fear the immediate the immediacy of a knock on the door. But but you op- speaking of the door, you opened the door and, and said, hey, do you want to talk? And we were talking about my sleeplessness. And this was not a scripted, now just as this conversation that we're having now is not a scripted conversation certainly nor was that and you and I still have it and I and I want I, I've been intending it's two pages of notes that I took when you and I were speaking which cuz it helped me a lot it helped me a lot I can't change my circumstances but I can change how I behave and how I respond and you gave me a lot of strength encouragement and that's why I wanted to have this conversation for everybody else
1: Right. And I had that idea of of changing behavior. You know, so many of these things have to do with what we call overlearned behavior, things that we normally do every day. And we get into these habits and often there's bad habits that we get into. And why do we have bad humans? Because we're a human with a metabolism. You know, we're mortal. That's what we do. And but the thing is, is that, you know, you can live life intentionally or you can live life by accident. And, and living life intentionally means that you do certain things intentionally on purpose. I don't know of any group of people collectively that uh, are so focused on doing intentional actions than Orthodox Jews. And so that's already a part of your culture. It's something right. that is very intentional to include a lot of kind of seemingly, you know, things that, that you may not have reasons for. You know, Manusia. but you're going to do it. Right. Exactly. Um, So when it comes to behavior change, there are things that are to be done. You do them intentionally. You you start small. But once you start a behavior change, stay with it. And we're going to talk about specific behavior changes when we get to the end of all of this. But the, the, the thing to do is always remember, you do a little thing. You do that consistent. Now do a little bit more in making that change. Right. You know, one step at a time. So the so the reason why I hear that you were struggling with all this is to kind of state what everybody there knows. Um, you guys had something really ugly happen back in, in October. Okay. Um, and what I hear you saying is there's sort of three parts to that. There's the ugliness of what occurred. There's sort of the things that keep you confident in life. Have gotten you know, the rug pulled out from underneath you, and your day-to-day relationships and your lifestyle has all gotten messed up, and you're starting with that third one first. That your life, your family, your connections, you know, your people, you know, have been in have been taken away for a period
0: and been in harm's way, and now you're in a little bit better place with that. Is that right? me personally, I'm in a in a much better place because I don't have a son who's in not not only is he not in active combat, but he's given up his equipment for now and my son-in-law's also come home um, yeah. while he was not so much in combat though he was <laughs> it, it, the, the, uh, the the layers of the onion about what he's been involved with have been um, be, being revealed and uh, as much as that could have been dangerous for him personally, The biggest struggle there was leaving my daughter and three grandchildren who are five and under behind, and the, and the, all of the trauma. And, and then it's the parent of that daughter and grandparent of the kids who are experiencing that trauma, even though they're too young to really know what a war means. It just adds, it just adds to the sense of collective responsibility. And I, and I want to say, you know, it's important. And that's why I hope many people will listen to this. I'm certainly not the only one. Uh, going going this, oh, wow. Right. There no. are millions of us here in Israel. And it's important to note it's not just Israeli Jews. There's an article I read in the paper this weekend about the fact that uh twenty five Bedouin were killed on October seventh, six were kidnapped, and three of whom are still uh being held hostage. So this is an Israeli national thing. And we're we're experiencing that, me personally and and everyone in there. You know, what? before I let you respond, I want to take a quick break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break and then come right back. We'll leave that as a cliffhanger because I want to hear what you have to say about that. As remarkable and miraculous as Israel is and its very existence, a testimony to God's faithfulness. In many ways, Israel is like most other countries, just as there are parents anywhere who have stronger and weaker parenting abilities. And adults become a product of situations in their lives that they cannot control, making their ability to raise and care for their own children even harder. That's true in Israel as well. The Genesis 1 123 Foundation is committed and takes the mandate seriously to care for the least of these: our brothers, our children. We're committed to bless and strengthen orphans and at-risk youth, to invest in them, to empower them, so that their future will be brighter. Than their past or their present. But Israel is unique in that there are always threats of war and terror which know no bounds. For children who come from homes that are not safe, sometimes the very scary reality of living in a community that's not safe is too much to bear. We are committed to turning orphans and at risk youth into children of promise. We fund a variety of programs to help those most in need as widely as we can. We invite and encourage you to join us today so that we can ensure their brighter tomorrow. Please visit genesis123.co to find out more and to send your love and most generous donation today. Okay, David, thank you for holding, because we get to see each other. I saw you were on the verge of responding and I cut you off. So, uh, so we I, I, I kind of laid out what's been going on, but you're you've been observed not just we had a conversation, but you're a, you're a very connected observer by far just dis- from a dispassionate one. What what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, you talked about this idea
1: there of of this um, is this is an is a real Israeli issue, not simply a Jewish issue. Yep, yeah, it's it's your nation. Not so much your ethnicity that is at issue here. It's it's your nation, and and so we want to get into that's actually a cue to one of the things we do to respond and deal with these sort of stresses. Okay, is is where's the we and who is the we? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. What is the we all about? But we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. If you could just kind of tell me really quickly. You know, what was just the first day, days, couple days, like maybe week
0: or so, but just in that initial, what was the initial stage? Someone asked me that, a similar question recently. To me, it's a blur. I remember the day, um, Mm -hmm. it was Shabbat, so and so we had our phones off, and we were waking early that morning with rockets coming here, and it's important for people listening to know that here is 40-plus miles from the northwest eastern corner of the Gaza Strip. The furthest that they could be firing rockets was 40 miles away. It's not that we haven't had rockets here before, but it was unusual. And we knew something was going on. So a uh, little before 9 o'clock that morning, we uh, were, were jolted out of bed with an air raid siren um, sending us down to our bomb shelter. That happened, if I remember correctly, four more times that day. And we knew something bad was going on. But as you noted in the Jew, the Jewish tradition, we, we, I didn't put my phone on because there's a notion of pikuach nefesh, saving lives, that you override all the rules of Shabbat. But we didn't think that our lives were in danger. We went to the bomb shelter like we were supposed to. We had no idea what was going on until my newlywed son, who was then 24, now 25, um, came home at 4 o'clock in the afternoon and said he would been called up he needed his equipment and he had a ride in 10 minutes so then we knew we already knew my son-in-law was going to be called up because of what he does yeah uh, and and he was we just didn't know that until after shabbat um but when we knew that my son was called up wow that then when you watch your son getting picked up by a black car and then driven away 10 minutes after wow that was traumatic and then we still didn't know what was going on of course the early reports were Tens, a few hundred people killed, not 1,200. Nobody knew about the breadth of how many hostages had been taken. So I would say that my, as it unveiled, um, fear and anger were the two overwhelming things. Anger, of course, that this could happen. Obviously, there was an awareness that there was a failure from an intelligence and a military perspective. But that didn't matter at that point because... The fear was there, um, trauma, and fear for myself, fear for my son, who is now, go, an hour and a half or two hours after he left here, he didn't have to be deployed. He didn't have to go out to an Air Force base to be shipped overseas. He was in the Gaza border. Right. Uh, and out of touch. And these are things as human beings, and certainly as a parent, that are very uneasy. Right. So, you know, there's, there's these... There are those who go
1: through, who went through this experience, where they were directly exposed to some really horrendous, icky things. And you know, not everybody on this side of the the ocean has paid attention to exactly how horrendous it was. I'm someone who has, and you know, it's that's that's something that is kind of part of what I do. But it's also, I think that that's crucially important to understand the story here, is it was really, really hideous. Oh, yes. And above and beyond that, your story is above and beyond that is all this fear and terror and the fact that the there is this danger, this is immediate danger, and it's not just to you, it's to your loved ones. You know, the people that when things happen to them, it's as if it's happening to you. Correct. Okay. And so there's this shared experience of danger, you know, terror, fear um, that goes on. And, and so that's one component we're going to want to talk about in a minute is sort of the fear danger part. That's the kind of the, the trauma part. But there's a second part there that's an in, important part of this whole piece that makes it a little different from most traumatic events and that has to do with your anger and how could this happen okay talk just a, a, tell me just a little bit about you know that that kind of line of thinking because i kind of think that underneath all of this that
0: is still kind of going on there's that's still a thing Wow, it's a big thing, and actually, something I want to do a, a bit of a, a separate podcast on. Um, the, the wow. First of all, there's a I, I think a anger on a human level. How could such atrocities take place? It wasn't simply people being sl- killed in battle because they were weaker. This is a, this is these were inhuman acts committed in the most obscene. Ways, and we don't need to go into all of that. But when once that became unveiled, and I now subsequently witnessed some of where that took place, um, I, I'll say the other component is because of where I live. It's not just forty miles east of Gaza; it's in Judea, and mm-hmm. as in Judea and Samaria, as in my home, you know, is closer to a Palestinian Arab village than any of those communities that were overrun on October 7th. And there's not even a fence. Forget the smart fence. There's not even a fence between us. And we realize then, and now there's a big political social movement never to go back to October 7th or not to go back to October 6th, rather, because until October 7th, we would have Palestinian Arabs come in our community on a regular basis, working in our homes. I can't count how many worked in our home. And we don't know who's a spy, who's giving intelligence to terrorists in the neighboring village. And, and I say that's particularly fearful, and but, but also angering, because I'm somebody who really does believe, not just in the value, but the potential of coexistence. Right. and that and that uprooted that for me and i'm not proud of it but that's my reality um the, so that that's a very strong underpinning of of what i still grapple with daily right you know i think it's important that
1: you know that's that that's vitally important because it both loops back to the safety problem the horror terror problem but it also goes to the issue of Okay, how do we regain our confidence in life, you know, um, given the fact that I mean, that was, you know, that was sort of the purpose. You know, one of the things I did in in the military is, you know, I I, I didn't specialize this. I wasn't assigned to it, but just part of my duties on a basis to know a little bit about psychological operations, because you need to understand (laughs) What is the other side doing to do psych operations on you? And then my job on the basis to be able to address that some. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, that's what that was all about, was to undermine that confidence. So we, we need to kind of think about what's going to, you know, get back to a confidence that's sustainable. Because as you said, y'all are not going back. Okay. Yeah, that's done. Right. And the but part of uh, the beginning of addressing is you said, well, I'm not proud of that. You know, that's not an issue of pride or not pride that in and of itself is not a value. It's a fact. It's an is. Okay. It's, you know, as, as, you know, John Adams said in our country, facts are stubborn things.
0: Okay? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and you, there's a, there's a good thing about being idealistic and principle based, yes live that way, but before you do that you have to count the cost and inventory the facts. You know, there was a great rabbi in in my tradition who said no one starts a house without first counting the cost to see if he can complete it, okay? And and you know, that's a, that's a that's a big deal, okay? you, you, you have to when you have a reaction and you assess that, you say, look, there's the village over there, and I don't know who over there is basically arming their semi-automatic to come across the field at night. That's not a value or not value. That's a fact of life that one has to weigh. Correct? Okay. And right. that goes to the issue of most of the time when people have trauma, it can kind of be isolated. Okay? Okay. So that earthquake happened on that date, or that tornado flattened, you know, that town on that date, or, you know, this terrorist interest was this thing that happened there. That's not the situation you all are finding yourselves in. There's an ongoingness to this whole thing that keeps you from being able to say, okay, it's over, I can move on, because the ongoingness keeps it present
0: you are going so so correct, hundred percent. We are in the midst of a, a national trauma. I feel guilty having not left Israel yet, leaving Israel uh, this coming Wednesday, because I feel like I should be here. That go- that goes into a lot of of the things that we were talking about in our that original conversation. Um, but you gave me some really good. I mean, again, all these notes. I, I it's been now two well, over two months. I'm still sitting with a scrap of paper. It's that important to me, really. And where, remind me, but tell people who are listening, who are going through the, well, ha, even amidst this war, the trauma that's not ended yet, that we haven't even had the proper time to mourn and put in the rearview mirror, where, how do we begin? How do we begin to go there?
1: Well, it's that issue of confidence. What are you putting your confidence in? Okay. What gives you the sense that it's going to be okay? And is it a good thing to to have your confidence in your law enforcement, your institutions, your medical, your military, your government, governor, government? sure, okay? That's one of the whole points of having a democracy or a republic it's so that everybody can be invested in this organization that they have some skin in the game and that cares about them, okay? So it actually... It allows you to have more confidence in those things and they're immediate and you should but you also have to understand that as you well know those things fail yeah. okay you know it's it's um you know it's kind of like in that movie The Martian where Watley is addressing all these space cadets literally <laughs> and 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 he says, you know you know once in a while when you're in this situation everything goes wrong. Okay, and and so you can have all these systems, you can have all these these things. Okay, that's great,
0: but things go wrong. Things go south. Okay, because we're human. We're putting trust in human things. At, yeah, and nothing is perfect.
1: Right. Yes. There's this mortality thing. You know, in my tradition, Christian tradition, our word for that is fallen. World's messed okay. up. All right. Okay. That's our that's our word. Okay. Uh, we have other words to describe that. We can just use that. But what it means is that the world is not what it is to be. Okay, that's what it is. <clears throat> and you're going to experience that up close and personal at times. And um, right now, you and in Israel are going through a time of that. And so where do you find your confidence in? And so, yes, there's these institutions and these procedures, great. But you know, look at what occurred. There's a, I think there's a, a more immediate, um, more important and more more sustainable thing to put your faith in. Um, the second one of those is, well, who actually did respond on that day? Yeah, and was it not the people of Israel? Who were, yes. Who were the ones that actually went out their front doors? Who are the ones? you know doing whats up and texting each other and calling each other on the phones and you know i saw some reports of people in tanks just driving to places without orders okay just you know israeli people being
0: israeli people
1: yeah okay
0: and, well we're more unified now than we've ever been in a very long time and right. uh yeah that the the response on that level has been Tremendous. And and we're getting I I can't speak to the whole country. I get a lot of encouragement as long as as much as I'm obsessed with the news. There are stories of heroism that are so inspiring, so inspiring that that strengthens me.
1: Right, Right, right. And that's coming from not any institution or practice or specialty or expertise. You know, there are people that have that. Sure. And that's important. Yeah. But that's not the core. The core is. That's your people. Those are your we. Yeah. Okay. That's your we. And the very problem that was going into that is that y'all had lost your sense of we, because what makes you a we has has gotten gotten obscured. Okay. That 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 got lost. It all. That's what always happens every time you lose your we. What makes you a we, and what grounds that in substance? What is
0: that anchor? Okay. Can that I ask makes you? you a we. Yeah. So, so that, you, when we first spoke, you were making, which we'll get, I think, get to some of the really intuitive things that as as Jews, but specifically Orthodox Jews, that help that we have this structure and grounding. But, oh, but I, I, we, when you say we, as I'm thinking, we going back four thousand years, right, mm-hmm. and that's our history. Can you think? Is there a, a I'm not saying it for any self or grandpa. Is there a better sense of we-ness? Is Amer- are Americans stronger as we? Are French people? Are, are Native Americans? Are Indigenous people from Austri- is Australia? Is there a stronger we? Well, I think any group that has a long and
1: established, and if, when, when you have a clear sense of identity with a clear tribal group, with a clear culture, you're going to have a we. There's going to be a we there, and it's going to have some some um, there. There's going to have some history, some legacy to that, and that's what allows you to be feel like you're part of something bigger, so part of meaningful. That's what allows you to take risks. Okay, Mm -hmm. you know it's you know, Israeli soldiers singing Hatikva before they go into battle. Okay, you know you know doing uh, uh doing their their prayers. You know you know davening before they go in. That's that sense of we. And, and most societies have that, but but there's some cool disciplines that occur within Orthodox Judaism um, that happen a lot of times, but no more so than on the day of Pesach when you sit down at Seder and you say those words, we were slaves yes. in Egypt. Yes. <laughs> And anybody who's, who attends a Seder with a sense that this is my Seder with my
0: people and says that thing, bam, you've just, you've just drilled that in. It's very interesting observation because all the, because I won't say most or all rather, but most of our prayers are also in the first person plural. In our Bye. right, it's the same idea. Um, David, I want to take another break. This is engaging. And it's, we're going to just pause, quick announcement, and then come right back because I want to talk about the— unless we have to finish this up, the sense of we, but I think that you had another big point as to who we need to be putting our trust in. The restoration of Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel was an earth-shattering event. For Christians, it was a confirmation that God always keeps his covenantal promises. Today, we are blessed to see God's fingerprints in the modern miracle of the land of Israel playing out in our lives among the people and in the state of Israel. This year, on the occasion of Israel's 75th anniversary, the Genesis 123 Foundation has been privileged to bring together 75 Christian leaders from around the world to lend their unique voices, sharing their personal faith experiences relating to Israel and their in depth insight into Israel's history and spiritual significance, creating an historical, one of a kind, high end coffee table book Israel the Miracle. Israel the Miracle's stunning imagery will fill your home with the hope of fulfilled promises and conversations about Israel. It's a perfect gift to anyone for any occasion, and most of all to yourself. You'll also be a blessing to Israel, knowing that the proceeds will go to bless Israelis of all backgrounds. Be a part of Israel the Miracle and bring the land, the people, and the state of Israel into your heart and into your home. Visit com to get your limited edition copy today. Okay, David, um, this is great. Now, I I think that we're going in the direction of the second point, and I want to share. But before I do, was there something else that you wanted that I interrupted that you needed to share about the weed?
1: No, That was a good transition because, um, you know, this actually goes to the second point, but it has to do with the Jewish people. But you know, there's a lot of different types of people of faith in Israel and the Middle East. And on this particular point, they share this point. So when I say this about Jews, it's going to be illustrative. And it is causal, but that's not my main point. And that is, you know, we were slaves in Egypt, but what? But God brought us out with a strong hand. Right, with a mighty hand and outstretched arm, right? Okay. Okay. Or did I get that reverse? Um, you know, and that's why I
0: left I, <laughs> Fine, you know the issue is is the operative uh, thing is it was God. We, we were are acknowledging that God, God's hand, whether it was uh, mighty or strong,
1: you know exactly. So and and so you know what was I saying about my great grandfather
0: early on? How he he understood hundred years ago the significance of Israel's praying and was praying for that. Yep, yep, praying for you. Right. Okay, praying
1: for you personally Correct. as a group of people. Correct. Okay, it's like, and so God is doing stuff. Okay, and we don't understand why He does what He does. You know, I, I say the ways of God aren't just you know strange; they're they're downright surreal.
0: <laughs> indeed, indeed,
1: it's like why Uh, and yet it remains the case that's why he gets to be god it's in his job description (laughs) he wrote the job
0: description also so
1: yeah yeah there there's that you know and and so you know he's telling this grand and glorious and fantastic story whose aspects and parts we just have no idea okay on a good day we might see pieces and scraps of it okay but you know we don't understand the the grand story and all of this but the thing is is that you know the, the great and in the, the immediate and the biggest question for anybody who takes serious guys why all that why the horror why the pain why the the bad okay and on that you know i do think we need to draw a distinction between what i would say is something that is definitively evil okay that is Somebody or something that is looking to key, steal, kill, destroy, and distort to lie to you and defraud you personally—that's what was happening in those those uh, uh, those villages, um, those kibbutzim on on uh, October the seventh. Yes. it was personal, and it was designed to create a lie in your heads. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's pretty good at it. Yeah. Okay? And so it's important to understand there's that out there. And if you don't factor that into your thinking, you're going to misunderstand a lot of things in life and on planet Earth. But that's very different from bad things that God ordains in our life in the form of suffering, hardship, loss. OK, those go together. It's hard to piece those out, but it helps the question a little bit if you at least distinguish those two, draw that distinction um, because God is not a man that he should lie. But there's a lot of people who will. Right. Okay? And, and, and so some of the worst things about this come out of the lies and distortions that come into our own heads that come out of these things. So don't put that on God. OK. That part of it. OK. There's plenty to deal with in the God relationship with all the awful things and, and just pain in life without adding that particular piece, okay? Don't hang that on him because, you know, there's a plenty of other people who are more important to, to attach that to. That said, you know, the fact of the matter is um, the whole reason why uh, Israel, Israel, the reason why Jews are Jews is, I don't, I don't remember who it was said, it was Netanyahu or somebody said something about, you know, Jews keeping Torah, um, you know, but Torah keeping
0: the Jews. Uh, Yes, that was actually a famous early Zionist leader who was a secularist. And he said more significant, not the Torah, more significant than the Jews keeping Shabbat is that the Shabbat has kept the Jews.
1: There you go. Okay. And so there's been variations on that. And yet it remains the case that what is behind both Torah and Shabbat is Hashem.
0: Correct. Is Hashem God. meaning God for those who don't speak here.
1: Right. You know, is is God. Okay. And, and that indeed, you know, realizing that God is there, moving, good, and for you, those kinds of basic truths are really important to remind yourself every day. Okay. In the face of those things that are so awful. Okay? Because those awful things are specifically designed to try to veto that understanding in your head, and
0: they're very good at it. Well said. You know, I I think you know this because you are connected, but since October seventh, there's been an incredible increase in Israelis um getting in back into ritual becoming religious uh, doing religious religious practices and i and i was so eager to share this with you we're we're recording this conversation on saturday night as shabbat just ended but in yesterday's newspaper the big cover i'm going to take i didn't even have a chance to take a picture or send you the article yet is big bold headline faith after october 7th 33 this is the result of a poll 33% of israelis have had their faith in God stronger right. as a result of this. 59% unchanged and only 8% weakened. But I think that's a good thing, right? If you it really know. is, because,
1: you know, I, I think it, it, part of it is this sense of, yeah, the kind of the systems fell apart. And, you know, that is consistent with with the data that we see, because, you know, as part of what I do, you know, I look at things like spirituality, religiosity, and, and danger and risk. And I think that that is a tremendously good thing. The thing is, what's important to do is, as you're as you're growing in that trajectory toward towards God, keep asking the questions, but always ask the questions with a view to, and there are answers, and that those will be revealed to me at you know when when it's the right time. Okay. Wow. So yes, I think that it's important that you know. <laughs> There's all kinds of, 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 of things operating here. You know, I come at this from the standpoint of an evangelical Christian who thinks an awful lot, and there's all kinds of things happening that people are not aware of the significance of, and there's no reason to get into those. That's not the point. You know, the, the point is is that, that, yes, the game's afoot, and God is doing things, and he not only knows your address and phone number and personal information, he actually knows each and one. Uh, every one of you and knows you Jonathan very very well and he cares deeply Yeah. okay there is this thing that is a big deal in 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 my religion I think it's becoming more prominent uh in in uh Jewish circles is this kind of idea of fed okay and, you know uh, grace favor great right, right I was right right and okay and, and you know it's it's um there is that is an essential aspect of understanding god there's the justice part there's the mystery part there's the pain and the sorrow and the hardship and the inscrutability part and there is this part of god where he cares deeply and has gone to extreme lengths to demonstrate and to enact care okay and yeah that's a thing and so it's important to really meditate on that as you're working on that relationship. And, and you know, that is a p- essential part of the Jewish-Christian conversation is, is understanding what all of that means. But the thing is, is that do that, so have that in mind, um, you know, that, that idea, you're, you know, the people of Israel, the God of Israel, and uh, above and beyond being Jewish, the God of Israel, um, but then let's talk about some specifics here. Yeah, the
0: first thing, yeah, are you ready for me to kind of talk about? Yeah, that? yeah. I was. I, I don't want to cut off your flow of uh, of thought about yeah. being where we're putting our trust. But now you're taking us really to the uh, some pragmatics finale. You know, yes. re- yeah. The the thing is, first
1: and foremost, always remember that you will not function normally after something you experienced is profoundly abnormal. Don't expect you, yourself to. Okay. You have to understand that you're going to have trouble with, you know, fear and anxiety and anger and reactivity. That's going to be part of one's life. When you've had that, you're not going to concentrate. You're not going to be able to hold your attention. You're not going to be able to remember things the way you want. And and your memory is going to be weird. Okay. It's going to be things that really stand out very vividly. And then there's things it's like, there's this haze just opaque you know does that make sense jonathan um you're you're speaking to me personally yes right and and so your you know your sleep is going to be disturbed you know you you're going to have you know your dreams are going to get weird okay um you know i actually think you said something to me on that but yeah it's that your brain you know your 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 sub your whole neuropsychological self is trying to deal with all this is trying to track with all this so yeah and so the thing is understand that you know that is what a normal healthy person does in the light of something so hideously abnormal okay particularly one that's got ongoing ramifications um you know you're going to struggle with changing as a person. You already said one and that I consider a positive one drawing closer to God, but there's going to be positive and negative. And one of the things you do want to pay attention to are bad habits that become worse. Okay. Coping mechanisms that might not be that helpful. And those coping mechanisms that might not be that helpful. The reason why we do that is because it actually does help in the short run. (laughs) Addictions do work. Wow. and the media, okay. right okay you know you know carb loading with sugar and things like that or sucking down you know uh, you know atypical amphetamines and in a form of nicotine or banging back you know a whole lot of, uh, of whiskey or I think it's ouzo in your country or something like that um you know all of those are are things that are they do work and they do feel like they help you in the short run and yeah right I agree okay but the thing is it's important now to see yourself doing that, understand and to realize that now you can start shifting going back to that what i said behavior change thing that we talked about uh early on you know uh, one of the biggest areas of this of course is sleep and you know the tough thing about sleep is that most things you say you're going to say okay i'm going to now eat my dinner i'm going to now relax i'm now going to 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 work you can't really say
0: okay I'm now going to intentionally make myself sleep. Ah, so, but wait, I want to, if I can digress for a moment, and I know it's a digression. The article that I sent you, I'm trying to open it up. That was one of the things that struck me as being really profound and frankly unimaginable to me, that you could program your own dreams. You could program what you're going to be thinking about and therefore the restfulness of your sleep. Is that real? Well, yeah,
1: but uh, tell me, Jonathan, can you wiggle your ears? No. Right, but there are muscles in your ears that people can learn to wiggle their ears, okay? Right? You know, you can do things with biofeedback and things like that. Yes, there are things that one can do to gain some what we call stimulus control over subconscious kinds of, of, of actions and activity, and that's fine, Okay? I am not I have not seen enough research to know if you have truly long-term efficacy with those kind of tactics or not. What I do know, yes, you can do that. That helps and that's one of those sort of helpful things you can do if you have really disturbing dreams. Sure. you know, people can learn that and people can be taught that. Um, but the thing is is there's a reason why your brain is doing that subconsciously, okay? So while I think one can do that, and I think there's some real relief, and I think that if you can get some help with with nightmares and stuff with that, that's fine. Okay, you're probably going to have to have somebody there locally teach you how to do those things. Okay, but I think more to the point is to understand that we're built for sleep to be subconscious for a reason. Okay, and the the way I like to describe it is you're, you you sleep in cycles. Okay, there are these 90 minute cycles that happen. And, the, and there's these different stages of those 90-minute cycles that then change throughout the, the night. But the whole idea is that your sleep cycles are kind of what I like to say a combination of an administrative assistant and a cleaning person who comes in at night. So imagine, if you will, an attorney's office or a real estate office or something like that where the attorneys are really, really busy and they're focused on their cases and they leave the office a mess at the end of the day, okay? Not that that would ever happen in an attorney's office, but just imagine it might possibly be the case. So everybody's got papers all over their desks and there's trash on the floor and pizza boxes and things like that from a busy day in the attorney's And then somebody comes in at night and then what they do is they clean up and they pick up and they file and they put things away. And that's your... Your your system doing what's called memory consolidation, which is learning the right things from the day's events. Okay. okay. Now, so you're 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 doing that, and that's what your dreaming is. Your dreaming is your brain kind of cleaning up the learning from the day. It's dealing okay. with the emotions. Okay. It's dealing with the events, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the problem is, is that sometimes that person who's working and I comes across a problem, they can't deal with this person's cleaning up and picking up and they find a dead body on the floor or something. Okay. They're not going to keep doing it. What are they going to do? They're going to call a management. Okay. And what happens when you get that call from the your system, from the cleaning person, they're calling management. And you kind of have that bing, wake up right in the middle of the night. You don't right. sort of drowsily come awake. Right. They, right. Okay. And often there's that thing in the gut or the chest or in the body someplace where it might have some anxiety. Maybe not. Sometimes you're just awake. Okay. Other times you have these this this uh these, this body reaction. And what that is, is that you're you in yourself have run across a problem you don't know how to solve or resolve. Okay. Okay. Right. And and so that's what's going on. Well, all of that to illustrate that your sleep is there to normally you know, help you function. If you don't have good sleep over time, you become less and less and less effective, which is part of what you're seeing when you have this traumatic reality, you know, the the memory problems, the concentration, the attention. You're distracted by the ickness of it, the bad part of it, but your system just isn't working as well, right? just isn't, okay? You know, and, and so you tend to wear down over time. So the there so there's two levels of this. There is okay, what is bugging me? What is about this this bugging me? okay? And that's where it's good to you can do things like journaling, write things down. When you wake up in the middle of the night, you have a a pad of paper right by your your table where you you know those thoughts that are right there. Yeah, get them right down on okay. paper. And the reason why is when you've done that, you know, you yourself can say, "Okay, I don't have to now steward that. And remember that, right? It's there, it's done. Okay, right. I can deal with this. You know, when I get going in the morning, and then you can look at that in the next morning and say, "Okay, can I work this through myself, or is there a trusted person in my life I can go talk to? Okay, you know, is there a family member? Is there a rabbi? Is there a priest? Is there a pastor? You know, is there a counselor?" Is there my best buddy that I can talk about these things with? But what is important is to have somebody like that in your life. And if you don't have somebody like that in your life, that would be good to do a thing on your, your list. Is okay. who's going to be the person that you talk to in life about stuff? OK, doesn't have to be a licensed professional. You know, my sources tell me that right now those sources are stretched pretty thin in Israel right now. Okay? Well, not only are they stretched too thin, but also everyone's going through some level of trauma. So, right. And and see, then that is the second problem as a quick aside, is that normally those people who do those things professionally, they get to have this space of safety and okayness and they do this self-care to make sure that they're okay for everybody else. Um, you don't have those conditions right now. Nope. And so many of those things that typically um, attend to being able to do self-care and being okay, et cetera, et cetera, suddenly... Those are looking more like luxuries and not just day-to-day necessities, okay? Which brings me back to the early part of my conversation. Yeah. Who are your people? Who is your we? And what is your God?
0: Friends, Israel's at war, and the war may get worse before it gets better. Much worse. It's going to be a long war because the enemy is the epitome of evil. It's not just a matter of overcoming troops on a battlefield, but overcoming a theology. An ideology, an evil one. While the Genesis 123 Foundation has been overwhelmed with the support of so many donations to the Israel Emergency Campaign, there's so much more that needs to be done. We've invested your donations that we've received so far strategically to make the biggest impact possible, whether helping with soldiers and their equipment and personal needs, to providing civilian security for outlying border communities to relocating and settling several families from near the Gaza war zone, launching the global petition drive to support Israel in the face of pressure for a ceasefire and long-term needs for at-risk children traumatized now more than ever before. Please take a moment to pause this conversation right now and go to love.genesis123.co and donate generously. We value your trust, and we will keep all donors informed about how and where your donations are being used to contribute to make the biggest impact possible. And when you use that link, love.genesis123.co, you can also send your prayers and words of encouragement to Israelis of all backgrounds, just sending your love, something that we need so desperately. Thank you. And God bless you and your loved ones.
1: Okay. Carol. So, so we move on. So, going back to then sleep. So, you do have to understand that the sleep cycle is what it is for reasons, and then there's three things that are going into it. What they call a circadian cycle, a sleep drive, and then a wake drive. Okay. So, the thing that it activates you, gets you going. There are the things that the thing that settles you down and allows you to sleep. Okay. And then there's things that that have to do with your cycle that actually prepare you and and tell your system okay it is now time to sleep versus it is now time to wake up okay so there's a lot of different things that that I do I right now I am using Charles Stone's card that I picked up in a so you can go to his website but he's actually a consultant so he's not it's not particularly um, sleep oriented, but he does have that as resource. If you want a resource online, I would suggest sleepfoundation.org. They have some resources there, but you know, just off this card is first of all, you know, there are things like you want to have a, a a bedtime routine that's called sleep hygiene. Okay. And so you don't want to be on a screen with, you know, up, you know, this, this high, um, energy, music with lots of these, you know, ultraviolet lights going and things like that all, and then lay down and expect you're going to go right to sleep. Doesn't mean that uh, everybody can't do it. A lot of people can't. There are people that will lay down, boom, that's it. Doesn't matter what they've been doing. Great. I'm glad you're that kind of person, but uh, a lot of us aren't. And so for those of us that aren't, it's important that first of all, you start in an hour or two before bed. Okay. You're starting to wind down. You're starting to turn down lights. You're turning down the music. You're not focusing on news. You're not focusing on the the world problems at that point. You know, I like to say, you know, kind of basically you have your 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 hands on sort of the steering wheel of the world. It's now turn time to turn over that steering wheel to God if you don't do that already. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's that that's that serenity prayer thing that goes on. It's like, you know, I can focus on those things of influence not things that I concern me. I'm going to focus on those things that I can influence. And when I'm sleeping, that's like nothing but my pillow. Yeah. Okay. That's it. I'm done. I'm off the clock. And so you're beginning that bedtime routine with that, you know, in, in involved. Um, you know, things like warm showers and hot baths are a good idea, like Epsom salt baths too are helpful because, you know, they put magnesium into the system and, and relax the body. So having a good sleep schedule is good. No caffeine. Uh, try to avoid alcohol, okay, uh, is what they typically, and the reason why is, well, alcohol help me, helps me sleep. No, it doesn't. Alcohol helps you become sedated. Yes. Okay. That's dealing with all this 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 wake drive going on. You're trying to get rid of that. It actually doesn't help your sleep drive. It disrupts that, okay? okay. So you're probably going to bed drunk, not going to bed sleep. And and so uh, you really want to avoid alcohol as a general rule because that's going to tend to decrease the quality of your sleep over time, okay? You want to have that consistent sleep schedule, okay? And one of those, that part of sl- having a consistent sleep schedule is an important wake schedule because what you're going to do in the morning is, if you can, you know, get up earlier on kind of around the time when... You have a good morning sun, maybe the sun rising, and seeing if you can kind of get a whole bunch of that sunlight in your eyes, because that resets the melatonin clock, okay, the circadian cycle, okay? Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> and And so you're, so that gets you going. It's a similar question to when should you exercise? You should try to exercise really briskly early in the day. You can exercise late in the day, but not as intensely. Okay, the whole point of exercising later in the day is actually to burn off all the stress hormones that are in your your blood, uh, your uh, circulatory system in your blood. Okay, And so that you're going to metabolize that away. Okay, how are we doing? Good. Cracking so far? Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, Some people do well with naps, siestas and in Middle Eastern and and equatorial hemisphere, that kind of that does make sense unless you're having sleep problems, okay? If you're having sleep problems, it's tempting to try to nap, to try to catch up. What you're doing is you're disrupting your circadian cycle when you do. So what you do want, it's okay to rest, try not to nap, okay? You know, if you're having sleep trouble, if you're not having sleep, yeah, then it's fine. Um, so, So again, try not to disrupt that. And again, you actually want to, if you have trouble having good quality sleep at night, you want to compress your sleep a little bit, sleep a little bit less. Um, again, you know, the best way to do that is try to go to sleep at the same time, go to bed, but then get up a
0: little bit earlier. It's what we call sleep compression. To, lift, okay? to, to deliberately get up earlier, not just because I wake up and then start thinking about stuff. Correct. You're
1: Deliberately get up earlier. Okay. And what that does is that, again, that, that strengthens your circadian cycle. So when you do sleep, then you're more likely to sleep, okay. And and so, uh, so with that, you want to practice what they call the thirty thirty rule, which is okay. Your bed is for what I call three. There are three things. Typically, they say two things, but I say three. Okay. Okay. Um, in, in your bed is for sleeping, for sexuality. Okay. The third part is a kind of connecting prayer one can do with God. It's not the kind of prayer when you're pleading and supplicating and worrying. Okay, it's the kind of prayer when you're saying, "Okay, I'm I'm kind of like an infant, sort of re- uh, relaxing into the arms of my parent, and I'm just kind of letting go of everything." You know how infants when they go to sleep, okay, they're not all like this. You know, sometimes they are, but when when mom's holding the infant, what does the infant often do? You kind of just sort of flop out like that, you know, or a snuggle up or that sort of thing. You know, when you have prayers that can have that sort of sense to them, that's okay. Okay. But you shouldn't have working prayers in bed. So matter of fact, if you actually are in bed thinking about things, ruminating, worrying about things, if you're doing that for more than 20, 30 minutes, it's time to get out of bed. Got to Go it. set the place and journal. Okay. Right, okay. right, 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 right. Okay. And what you want to do is you want to to stay in that place until you can say, okay, I can put down my pen, I'm ready to put down everything, I'm ready to set things aside and let go. Not solve everything, you're not. You're not going to solve it, right? But can you say, okay, I can now stop and be off the clock? And particularly when you can do that, and then maybe even just do light reading, okay, not Tom Clancy, okay? But something that's 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 sort of a a restful thing, even a boring thing. Okay. Okay. Boring you can do. When you start nodding off, as soon as you start nodding off, then head to bed. Okay. All right. But try to get up at the same time that you originally planned. Got it. Okay.
0: Now this is tough. This is hard. You won't yep. like this. Okay. It's by the way, as you're speaking, it's like training in athletics. You need to train yeah. your body, and that is, and that, and if you're training for the Olympics or for something that's also not easy.
1: Well, precisely. You see, you got to remember that. Look, in the past, for the most part, um, we didn't have electric lights. We didn't have televisions. We didn't have electronics. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Okay. And so, when the sun went down, you went down, um, and uh, look, point. you came up. And point. So, in 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 uh, in postmodern society, we have trained our brains to push it to push 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 push. I mean, how many people when they're in college, you know, you did what's called cramming? All-nighter. Okay. Oh, right. All-nighters. Yeah, yeah. What you're doing is you're training your brain then. Guess what you're training your brain into? Not sleeping. Right. Insomnia. <laughs> All those those people in schools and graduates goes, yeah, man, I haven't slept for three days, you know. It's kind of macho thing. Yeah, you just hurt yourself. Okay? Yeah. And on that point, I'll be a little self-disclosing. Hi, my name is Dave. I did that. I remember, I remember it vividly. Sure. And I figured out about it after about a year of graduate school, I'm thinking. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so, again, um, you know, practice good sleep hygiene. Don't uh, lay in bed stewing about things. That's not what it's for. You know, bedtime is for rest and sleeping. Incidentally, don't ever try to make yourself sleep. Unless you are one of those rare people that can, in fact, do it. In that case, fine. Great. You, you know how to do it. Great. Most of us can't. It's an involuntary thing. Okay. You know, it's it's like trying to make yourself not think about pink elephants. <laughs> okay? Now stop. Don't. Okay. It's, it becomes an involuntary reaction. And yeah. then when you try to do it hard, you actually engage that wake drive, and that disrupts your sleep drive. Sure. Okay. So when you're in, when you're trying to be there, you're resting, which is why you want to take care of all, all the other problems first. Now it's time to rest, okay? And you know, uh, there, there you may not know anyone like this, uh, Jonathan, but some people are kind of over responsible and want to solve all the problems of the world and make it okay. better. All that. I mean, I don't know if you know anyone like that. Okay, yeah, I have to I have to think hard about that. Yeah, right, 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 right. There is almost a guilt or a problem about not caring about things, okay, about saying this is not my problem, okay? This sort of, am I my brother's keeper? The answer is yes. Well, okay, fine, but there's a limit to that, okay? You know, I I like to say we only go as far as our skin, And, and once we get much beyond our skin, things, our ability to be responsible and take care of things drops off real fast, and so you have to be willing to stand down, to let go, and to give that up to that which can actually make things occur, okay? Um, so we re- replace negative sleep thoughts with positives. The ones is, a, is an important one. You know, people, I can do guided imagery during that time, okay? One of the imagery I thought of is when I'd have all these things, these problems, I think about sort of a great big bulldozer. Just getting behind all this garbage and just pulling it, pushing it away. Yeah. Okay. You know, just kind of, no, I'm not dealing with that right now. You know, other people can do well with, you know, imagery. You know, Psalm 23, okay, is you get a lot of this, this, um, this imagery in the Psalms that is just really rich with standing down. Um, Incidentally, there's also the imprecatory Psalms when you're upset. And something's bothering yeah. you, and you're yeah. waking up at night. Yeah. See, then you can actually do something paradoxical, which is, okay, you're you're waking up. You can actually press into that and cry yeah. out. Yes. Okay. Pray those imprecatory psalms. Pray that, but don't do it with his rote things. Okay, I'm going to pray this imprecatory psalm. Right. No. No. You have to enact that with catharsis and emotion. Good point. Okay. Right? Uh, I think is is there a word kavanah, Is that correct? Is that am I, I'm I'm t- Attention. It? Right. Right, right. Deliberately, Your intention, but you're doing it with your emotion. You actually are saying those words. Right. right? And you want to enact the emotions, cry, sob, you know, whatever. And generally what will then happen is you you get that stuff expressed, write down all the things that you were saying, and now it's there, and now you're done, and guess what you can now go do? Go rest.
0: The restoration of Jewish sovereignty in the land of Israel was an earth-shattering event. For Christians, it was a confirmation that God always keeps his covenantal promises. Today, we are blessed to see God's fingerprints in the modern miracle of the land of Israel playing out in our lives among the people and in the state of Israel. This year, on the occasion of Israel's 75th anniversary, the Genesis one 3 Foundation has been privileged to bring together 75 Christian leaders from around the world to lend their unique voices. Sharing their personal faith experiences relating to Israel and their in depth insight into Israel's history and spiritual significance, creating an historical, one of a kind, high end coffee table book, Israel the Miracle. Israel the Miracle's stunning imagery will fill your home with the hope of fulfilled promises and conversations about Israel. It's a perfect gift to anyone for any occasion, and most of all to yourself. You'll also be a blessing to Israel, knowing that the proceeds will go to bless Israelis of all backgrounds. Be a part of Israel the Miracle and bring the land, the people, and the state of Israel into your heart and into your home. Visit IsraelTheMiracle.com to get your limited edition copy today. Let's see anything here that you know else that's that's really important. Uh, looking at my cheat sheet here, you had alluded uh, to oh. exercise, which was a, well, the first time we spoke, which is a challenge for me because yeah. full disclosure, I, though it sits here on my desk, the note I don't do that sufficiently. And well, when you say, let me ask you a question. Yeah, diet and exercise
1: are are hugely important. To quote somebody, um, the 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 diet and exercise. So exercise for a minute. When you think of exercise. What do you think about?
0: Well, for me, first of all, it's physically moving, uh, getting my body out and moving and doing something other than sitting at this desk, uh, right. which is which is critically important today because it was Shabbat. I deliberately walked up seven flights of stairs um, and felt as I'm doing it. Yeah, I can do that and I should do it more frequently. So it just becomes routine and it's easy and therefore less. Less strenuous, uh-huh. yes,
1: right. Yeah, less onerous. You know what you're, you're doing there is doing what I call building gumption. Okay, you're building gumption. You're building this motivation to do it, and it's okay. You know, a lot of people they they think of oh, I should go exercise. Oh, I don't want to go exercise. Oh, I got to do the stairs. And when you do that, you're actually undercutting your motivation. You're you're exactly right. Exercise starts small and simple and every day. But the thing is, you start small and simple and every day, but then persist and increase over time. Correct. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Start little things and just do those little things consistently. Okay. What is your plan? What's your schedule? What's your habit? Do those things and increase. And guess what you just did? You already changed your behavior. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. Okay. You've already broken sort of the mold, so to speak. And now all you're doing now is beginning to slowly increase that. Yeah. Okay. And see that the beauty of that is that naturally works into your lifestyle. Okay. So, yes, you know, trying to get 20 to 30 minutes of increased heart rate sometime during the day, you know, usually three times resting rate is what they say is what really helps you not too late in the day. Um, but you know, if you're going to do it later, okay, immediately after work, do it then, but try not to do it like an hour or two before bed, you know? Yes. It's important to do that, you know, for a couple of reasons. It allows the system to be a whole lot more efficient. You know, the the system does what it does. You got to remember that when your system's operating badly, you have toxins in your system, which sets off the alarms. Okay. Uh, you can get anxiety just by the fact that you're just behaving in really unhealthy ways for your body okay and and so you want to work that through you want to actually metabolize out <clears throat> all the stress hormone breakdown products that are in your bloodstream which is the biggest cause actually of all that bad cholesterol okay and so you want to clear all that stuff out of your your body you know as often as you can but also pay attention to uh, this what you're eating okay yes. pay attention to your diet okay? You know, caffeine. You know, not good. But also, just a lot of junk food <clears> that creates all of these toxins in your system that will then cause you to actually have those alarms going off. So, having you know really healthy kinds of foods. You know, things you know with with tyrosine and things like turkey and 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 things of that nature. So, healthy foods. You know, like that. You know, fish. Uh, you look. You're typically your Mediterranean diet. You know, with kosher foods actually is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. It actually takes you along those lines. So pay attention to that. A lot of other things, too. You can look online. Um, there's a lot of ideas there. Uh, play with this. Um, but realize that don't not do it. Okay. Do those things that take care of you. Watch your thinking. Watch how you're framing things. Avoid these universalized, all bad, all terrible, positives and negatives. Watch your self care. Watch you're putting your your um, your face your your faith truly in, and uh, loved your loved ones. You
0: know that first of all, thank you uh, again. Renewing and important for me. Um, just the your last comment reminds me that there's been a lot of comments, memes going around here on that same notion that we have to take care of ourselves first. It's like the when you're on the airplane, the when they tell you that the oxygen mask is going to fall down, you got to first put it on yourself and then help. Whoever you're sitting next to, and we've been getting a lot of that, um, and and it's something you're aware of. But going back to my earlier comment, it's me, it's my immediate family, it's my daughter and 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 her kids, and and which is I suppose my immediate family, and um, and then our community in the whole. But I'm not going to be as effective if right. I'm not being healthy. If I'm not sleeping, I I won't have the ability to do what I need to do with my with my work with my in my sense, my work is important advocacy, but just to be healthy and be in a place where I can be of assistance to me and myself, and then my family as well.
1: Yeah, think of it as is—you know—we were talking about exercise, but in life, on self-care, in all these things, it's going to be a jog, not a sprint. Excellent. Okay, you've got to pace yourself. Excellent. Okay, you got to feel your body. You got to feel your limits. And you, you push a little bit and then back off a little bit. You know, you can't push, 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 push. Right. Let's, you know, we deal with that in psychological responses to to catastrophes. You, you, you got to look at the responders. Um, yes, initially you do that big emergency response. But now ease off of that. It's time to ease off. You're in for a long
0: jog. Jog. Okay? Not sprint and and because we as we're speaking are more than four months into this trauma uh with no end in sight and and honestly, tomorrow it could get worse much worse um right. we can't we can't sprint because it's not there's not an end in sight we need to be trained in a place physically, emotionally and then and, and all that uh, dietarily and, and, and spiritually and ultimately all that is uh, trickling down and impacting our sleep and our behaviors well you have this word called halakha that might be important
1: in your circles okay Aha, the the laws yeah and that's coming from the word which means to walk right it comes from the root of the word to walk. wow very good excellent right you know so what we're, we're talking about we're talking about that is the walking yeah Okay. you know and and uh you may not know, but way way back in the earliest part of Christian tradition we we also had a word for our movement that had a lot to do with walking. What's that? the way. in other words the way you should walk, okay the way you walk. and and so this is the walking. This is a long walk. and you know you got sometimes you jog. there are times you when you sprint, try not to sprint for too long, you wear yourself out. Um, you rest. You know, you take a minute to rest for a little bit. There's traditions surrounding that, but it's a walking. Sometimes you crawl. Yeah, excellent. Okay. Okay. So you crawl, keep walking. Okay. Where are you walking with your people to the destination that God has for you? That is where you're headed. Keep walking. You got to remember it's already baked in. In the end of the day, after everything's done, it's going to be okay. Really, it is. If it doesn't feel okay and doesn't look okay, it's
0: because you're not at the end yet. Okay? But it's going to be okay. It's encouraging. We need. I need those words, and I hope other people listening here. That's why I hope many, many, many Israelis will listen to this and, and our Christian friends who are no less troubled than, than many of us and further away. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. David. David. Sure. Um, thank you for your graciousness, the fan, the, the time, um, all of the tremendous insight, your sincere caring. I mean, this is this would not have come out if you didn't. You, well, it was not a uh, platitude that you asked me if I, if I needed to reach out, and and I rep- appreciate that. And I appreciate you sharing that insight today on inspiration from Zion, hopefully, for hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands. Of of Israelis to get a, a little bit more grounding in this walk or run that is uh, that we don't even know what the end is yet.
1: Yeah, you know one one other quick thought. Of, I know we're at the end, but it, just a thought occurred to me. You know, there's this scene where Elijah is at Horeb and he's crying out to God. Okay, you know, I, I, and I and all, only I am left, right? Okay, see, and in, and in, and. In, you know, God is not in the, the fire or the earthquake or, you know, the the the, uh, the, the other uh, fire the earthquake or, or the storm or wind. Um, and God says to Elijah, Elijah, there's 7,000 knees that have not bent their knees to Baal. Okay. What did Elijah just get done saying? I alone am left. God says, you're not alone. 7,000 brethren out there, I just don't know where they are. Wow. Okay. Do not forget in this, there's way more than 7,000 knees out there that are oh, not yeah. bending knees to bail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Way. Okay. you're not alone. Not this time.
0: No, we're not. We're grateful for it. David Nearing, uh, one of the most personal, intimate conversations we've had in three years of the podcast and I'm just grateful for you thank you
1: good and thank you for what you're doing and keep it up you know remember it's still walking walk it out remember where you're headed and um yeah a lot of us we're not bending any knees to any bail
0: thank you david well just as a, as a as a conclusion we always end up with a reward for people for listening although sadly it's it, it's a tongue-in-cheek it's because the reward is listening and this conversation especially so But we're always encouraging people to engage and share this, and I believe that will happen uh, very organically. But we, we designed, over two years ago now, a program called From Jonathan's Bookshelf. All we're asking is that people like and follow Inspiration from Zion. And when somebody shares the link to this program through social media, we will pick one person at random every month. They get a special book. Now, for the last five or maybe six months, we've been offering our new exclusive book that came out just before the war. And now that I get to go on the book tour and, and we will be promoting it's, uh, Israel the Miracle, and I'm encouraging everyone to like and share this, and I'm going to pick one person at random this month also to receive a special copy, which will be a blessing. And I think piggybacking on what David was saying, when we talk about the we, it's expanded because the the inspiration uh, Israel the Miracle is a essay, collection of essays by 75 Christian leaders around the world writing why they're part of the we. And I love that. So please, please like and share this. We're always grateful that this podcast is sponsored by our friends at the Willow Run Greenhouse in Culpeper, Virginia. If you're ever in the area, please pop in and thank them for helping make conversations like this possible. And also special thanks to our friends, the Coin Family, for their meaningful sponsorship. Inspiration from Zion and all the Genesis 123 Foundation programs are made possible by donations. So please continue to consider joining us to help make make bridges and prime conversations like this possible. This episode, actually, full disclosure, was not sponsored by anyone. But from the beginning of the conversation and who that we is and who those responders were, I'm I'm dedicating it for we for th- those who are the heroes for those who um, are part of us, uh, whether whether biologically or grafted in. And I'm grateful for for everyone because we are stronger together, and that's super important. But I do want to invite everybody, if you like to sponsor a future episode and honor a memory of a loved one or special occasion, or your favorite uh, people, favorite God's chosen people, please be in touch with us at inspirationfromzion at gmail.com. We'd always love to hear your comments and questions as part of an ongoing dialogue and invite you to send them, uh, especially questions about traditional Judaism, for our Ask the Rabbi programs. Please share this with others who will also find it of interest and continue to join us right here as we bring you more meaningful conversations about unique topics relating to Israel that you won't hear anywhere else. Wherever you are in the world, I pray that you and your loved ones are safe and healthy, and I send my blessings right here in the Judean mountains. God bless you.